This is a Radio.com original. Hey, everybody, and thanks for joining us on our Talking About Cars Holiday Rewind 2020. A chance for you to listen to a celebrity that we've spoken to in the past on this podcast. This time, it's Tony Dow, older brother Wally, to the Beaver in the 1960s Leave It to Beaver show. Back in his Wally Cleaver days, Dow and his dad, his real dad, not his TV dad, the late Hugh Beaumont, got himself a new car, only to sell it. Now, 51 years later, 51 years He has it back. It's such a great story. The CBS station in San Diego later reported on it. In fact, that video is on YouTube. But there's so much more behind the story than that YouTube video shows. Dow still acts, even did a second show based on the Cleavers called Still the Beaver. He does voiceovers, is a sculptor. He works with all sorts of wood, a big artist. I caught up with him at his canyon home outside of Los Angeles. I asked Tony what was the first car he remembers growing up. My Dad and my parents, you know, had uncool cars, you know, like a, a Ford uh, ranch wagon or some stupid thing like that. And uh, so I was never really into cars. So when I f- got my first car, you know, I wanted a car that was really cool and that was different. And everybody sort of was buying those Corvairs back then. And so I had reverse chrome wheels and I had it painted. I got it from uh, got it from the factory, actually. Yeah, let's add some perspective to this. Hey, remember to Your listen, acting like, career share, started most important, when you were really subscribe young. to our How old were you when you first started the acting career? The video and how far on our into guys the Leave the Beaver show page. were you when you, subscribe, when you started get notified looking at when a new cars. show goes up? And it well, helps I, I started all of us. the Leave Follow the us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Talk to about cars and two-tired guys productions and become a talking about cars two-tired guys patron on patreon.com exclusive interview clips and get access to two-tired guys until next time i'm randy and that was tony having fun talking about cars happy holiday everybody we'll see you next time electrical conduit so it was really light i don't know how you weld electrical conduit but and it was this really cool thing and it had a villiers motorcycle engine in it I, I just said, I'd love to have that car. I love it. And I tell my dad, come on, let's go, let's go look at this car. Anyway, my dad, I guess, talked this guy into selling the car. So that was, the first, that was my first experience with, um, with cars. And the cool thing about that was I, um, it, it needed to be, you know, fixed up. It was kind of a little ratty. And so um, I took, took it to Von Dutch. Who, you know, the Von Dutch. The Von Dutch. And, and he fell in love with this go-kart because it was such a cool go, go-kart. And he painted it, pinstriped it all over. I had this fantastic pinstripe in the front of it. He powder-coated the head. He uh, put a dash in it with, you know, those swirls of chrome dash. And he, uh, you know, he just spent, I don't know, he probably spent two months just fixing it up. And so we went to get it and uh, said, okay, well, how, you know, how much is it? And he said, oh, that's okay. You just got to let me drive it sometime. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that a cool story? How great is that? Now, is this the power of celebrity or just the fact that he liked messing with that? This was before I was on the Beaver Show. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it was, you know, it was really, I think I was probably around 11. Maybe I was, maybe it was the beginning of the Beaver Show. Maybe I was... 12 or something but i know that the way i saw the thing was i would walk home from grammar school and i'd go by this guy's house Mm -hmm. anyway so my my first uh first car was when i was 16 and uh it was a little weird because my 
dad traded in his ranchero or whatever whatever he had some sort of station wagon thing and uh and i said well i want to get a cool car dad can you get and so he acquiesced we ordered this uh blue you know uh, metallic kind of blue with a black interior which it didn't come that way mm-hmm. and uh and i put the reverse chromes on it and uh lowered it a little bit in the front and had a tonneau cover on it, you know, and it was just, it was really a, co- a cool car. But now, is this the Corvair? This is the Corvair okay. we're talking about. 1960. It was a 62. I bought it in 61. And it was a Spider. No, it was no, just it was. a regular. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now that I'm older and I think back on it, I think, man, my dad was really cool because here he is. He's a, a contractor and an architect or a designer, building designer, and He'd go into work in this souped-up kind of Corvair, and he must have thought, man, I look like an idiot. But it's okay. My son wanted it this way, so I got to give him credit for that. But anyway, you know, I had it for um, four and a half years, all through high school. And uh, so I can understand how um, the guy who who bought it from me, you know, he took it all through high school, and he uh, he had a love affair with it. You know, I mean that. that was... You had your Corvair, and you sold it to get something else. What did you get after that? Well, I, I got a uh, Corvette. It was a hardtop convertible, or no? There, well, the top comes off on those. Oh, okay. It was the year before the the uh, Stingrays. Okay. And uh, so, I mean, it was a, it was a it was a great car, and I put Buick spoke wheels on it, so it was really. You know, you never saw that on those things. But the problem was I never locked my car, so it got stolen every time I'd take it somewhere. So it was stolen twice. I had it for a year and a half and probably only drove it for six months. But um, it was a, it was a, pretty, a pretty cool car. So you sold the Corvair, got the Corvette. Yeah. Talk about when the guy came up to buy the, the Corvair. Oh, yeah. I don't even remember. I probably didn't have much to do with it because, you know, I was a 16 or, well, by then I was 20, I guess. But, you know, my dad would have probably handled all the negotiation there. So fast forward a few years, mm-hmm. you're minding your own business when you get a call? I get an email and we fast forward a few years, meaning 51 years. And, uh, That's a few. Yes, a few. Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, it's a lifetime for a lot of people. So anyway, I'm sitting here, and I get an email, and the guy says, uh, hey, this is Marty. I'm down in Alpine, which is down towards San Diego. And uh, my best friend um, had this Corvair, and we we had the greatest time in high school with it. We, you know, we went on rallies. We did this. We sat around the garage and drank beer and tinkered with it. Marty's friend, who owned the car, was a um, engineer and a um, machinist. So he he's just started tinkering around doing stuff. And then in '87, he decided to do a ground-up restoration. And so it's got all this funky stuff. I mean, he made a whole new dash that he created. You know, it's just a beautiful dash because, you know, if you remember the old Corvairs, it, it was a sort of an inexpensive car, you know, that was a utility car. Mm-hmm. So this th- this looks great. And then he's it got a lot of gauges in it. That's for sure. Got a lot of gauges. And I don't know what the heck they do, but you know, we'll, 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 <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. And a lot of switches, a lot of toggle switches. Okay. Looks like an airplane. The, the, Dave, the Statlin, the guy who got the car running for me and, and works on it. Um, 
or has been working on for the past couple of weeks, he, he said it's unbelievable, the things. You know, he said the adapter that goes from the turbo to the, the uh, carburetor, mm-hmm. you know, it's usually kind of a rubber hose that's clamped on. You know, this is a machined aluminum piece that fits, you know, perfectly. And, and what was he saying today? There was something about, uh, gosh, maybe it was th- throttle cables. Uh, but he said usually they just had kind of a plastic wheel that they kind of rolled through. These are all aluminum, can- you know, he made these aluminum wheels at everything. So anyway, there's all this fancy <laughs> on this car that's, that, <laughs> that I dig. I think it's great. And as soon as I figure out what it's for, I'll, I'll, I'll really like it. <laughs> it has this really cool thing, though. It's got a, there's a tank in the back, and it's for alcohol and water. And I guess what happens is, I, it, it, we haven't got it running yet, but, <laughs> well, we've got it running. We just don't have anything in the tank. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess once you get up to a certain pressure, uh, it kicks in, and it shoots this alcohol and water, and I guess the deal is the alcohol burns hotter, so that creates a more horsepower faster. Oh. And then the, the water is what cools it down. So. so it wasn't like a martini thing or anything like that for long road trips? No, 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 no. no. This thing is for beating Mustangs uh, off the line. But anyway, he, he didn't want to sell it because he said that uh, he has too much fun watching Mustangs disappear in his, <laughs> in his, in his rearview mirror. So you get this email from someone who says... I remember this car. This used to be yours. Mm-hmm. And then he went into the circumstances and, and asked you then, do you want it back? Well, he said, what do you, what do you think about that? And I said, well, what's what's the deal? What, you know, what? And he said, well, I, Al, who's the guy who owned the car, Al and I were talking about it, you know, and we'd always thought, geez, you know, what's going to happen to this car? Because it was like part of their family, you know. And uh, uh, Al said, well, wouldn't it be cool if, if we could find Tony and, and give it back to him. So that's what Marty did, because uh, he found me, I guess, uh, on the Internet. You can find anybody anywhere these days. And I just didn't believe it. You know, I said, that, what are you talking about? And uh, he said, no, I, 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 this guy, Al, and he went through the whole story. And he said, uh, it's a great car. It's really cool, you know. You, and so I thought, well, I better go down and look at it because it could be a pile of junk, you know. And I get down there, and it's covered up, and I take the cover off, and there's this beautiful black sort of lacquered Corvair that has these incredible wheels that, you know, they're, I don't know what, I guess they're cast aluminum or something. And then... Kind of like slotted mags or something, if that... Yeah, they're, they're, they're really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, See, I'm not so much of a car guy that I know what all this stuff is. <laughs> I just like the stuff. Uh-huh. So, That's okay. So anyway, and it's got this weird-sized tire, which is uh, it's 235 by 50 by 13, which nobody makes anymore. Mm. So at least I haven't found anybody yet. Anyhow, I'm going to have to get some new tires for it. But, you know, everything about it is just really cool, really special. Well, you had a chance to drive it recently. How cool was that? Just a couple of hours ago. <laughs> yeah, I uh, we got it started. It got it started last week, actually, but uh, needed to do some things like uh, do some tuning stuff. And uh, so anyway, he uh, we got it running today, 
and uh, went for a ride, and I suggested Dave drive it because he's a Corvair guy, and I thought I was a little afraid to drive it, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought, well, maybe you can, if there's something weird that, you know, you'll feel it, you know. That was my excuse. So anyway, he, we took off, and he, and he got the bottom of the hill here, and he stepped on it, and my head went flying back. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then I drove it back, and it's it, it really, it's it handles... I had, after I had my Corvette, I had Porsche uh, 356s, mm-hmm. and uh, it handles a lot like that, except that it's much, much faster, mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of, you know, acceleration and power. I mean, I guess, I think when I drove it, it was maybe 104 horsepower or something like that, maybe even less. And now it's, uh, with a spider engine, spider turbo and all that stuff, it's, uh, it's 180 horsepower, but as soon as the uh, alcohol water kicks in it's uh 245 wow so i mean it's probably 2200 pounds of car with nice little torque uh when you push it on, on the gas there yeah it goes pretty good as a matter of fact it, it sort of made me nervous when i uh and it's got a close ratio transmission which um i mean i don't know if that's cool or not i i, I kind of like it when it's you don't have to shift every two seconds but mm-hmm. but uh That's probably why he had it to take care of those uh, Mustangs. Okay, so just... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Make sure we have this part straight. When you bought it originally, it was just a regular, your dad bought it originally for him, and he basically used it until you were of age. Is that the idea? And it was a regular Corvair? Yeah. Yeah. He Well, we went out shopping together, and he, he said, well, you know, what, what kind of car do you think you'd like to have? They weren't going to allow me to have my own car, so it was going to be a situation where my dad and I shared the car, mm-hmm. and uh, so I was 16 at the time when I went. Uh, we went out mm-hmm. and got it, and uh, he was a real trooper <laughs> driving <laughs> driving that thing around. But it was really nice, you know. I mean, I, it wasn't a fa- it wasn't fast. I mean, those cars were built, you know, for being a good inexpensive dependable car you know which they are or were and uh so i don't know if this one's going to be dependable or not when it all fixed up in the bottom analysis it snaps your head back it doesn't really matter whether or not it's dependable or not no not at all not at all (laughs) it's just the fun of it huh Absolutely. No, and, and that's kind of neat, the fact that they did so much to your car. They turned it into kind of a spider vehicle, if you will, which is, of course, at the time was their top performance vehicle and had all that great stuff on it. So you you sold it as a regular run-of-the-mill Corvair. You get the call, you get it back, and it's like this Corvair race car. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly the way it is. And uh, it is a spider engine, so it's got... It's got that, and it's got the Spider Turbo, and uh, but it you know it has a Jaguar um, carburetor. I, you know, it's got sway, sway bars. See, you're talking to a guy who you know. I mean, I'm not a car guy in that I don't work on 
cars at all. I've never been able to. I, I always bust my knuckles. You know, it's always frustrating. I work in wood. I can do anything in wood, but in metal and cars and trying to get stuck uh, nuts off, and that, I don't like that. And you know something? You'd be surprised. A lot of car guys aren't really car guys. I mean, they're car guys, but then if something mechanical goes goofy, they call up their, their garage guy and go, uh, it's, uh, the tires are low. Would you mind filling them up for me? And then, and then they drive around and look cool. Yeah, right. I did have a, uh, when I was on the road doing a play uh, years back, I did have a Jag uh, uh, XJ6, which is, uh, they were the most amazing cars. I mean, it's like the smoothest, coolest car. But that's the only really kind of cool car I had, although I had a 911 not a 911, a 914, which is that mid-engine Porsche right. that came from that. And, um, and then I had two um, 356 Porsche. I had a 50, I mean a 63 Super 90 and then a 64 SC, which was the Super 90 equivalent. And then I had a, uh, before that, I had a 52 uh, Porsche. And that's the one that should have had the split windshield. Mm -hmm. But instead, the windshield just sort of came together like it should be split, but then it was rounded. It was the most distorted thing in the world if you tried to look out that part of the car. But that was the coolest car looking because it was really the old bathtub style, you know. But it's odd. It, ro it drove just like as if you were in a Volkswagen that was where the seat was sitting on the ground, you know, it was bouncing in and jiggled and it was so, but I had that for a couple of years. Tony Dow from uh, Leave it to Beaver fame. It's been a while, but you've been doing a lot of other different things. Joining us on Talking About Cars, we're talking about that great Corvair that uh, if you haven't seen it on YouTube, I think it's still floating around. Uh, a TV station in San Diego did a story where they showed the Corvair. You could see it. Uh, and, and the fact that Tony now has it and it's at his house here in Southern California. What do you drive now? I mean, what's in your garage right now? Uh, Prius. Okay. And it's our third Prius. Uh, we like the idea of uh, being environmentally cool. And, uh, and I have a Eurovan, which uh, Volkswagen Eurovan, which is pretty cool. It's a 50, I mean, it's a uh, 97 mm -hmm. for sale if anybody wants one of those. It's nice and clean. Owned by Tony Dow, by the way. <laughs> yeah. They're great cars. I mean, you know, I had a, a, a Vanagon. A while back, you know, a while ago. So, the, you know, this is this is a completely different kind of car. This is like a regular car because it's front engine. You know, it's kind of weird for the Volkswagen. But, uh, and then we have an Exploder. An Exploder. Yeah. One of my least favorite cars. You I have think. a Pinto? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> no, it's a Ford Explorer. Oh, and that's, <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. All right. Well, we got to really get the make right. Yeah, right. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it's, we've had that for a long time. You know, we sort of keep cars. We buy cars and then keep them. So this, this uh, my um, Prius is the first time I've leased a car. And so obviously it makes sense to just turn it in and get a new one mm -hmm. and accumulate the added price when you want to, you know, take it home. You, you've had other cars before. Was there ever a car you had, and maybe the Corvair is it, but was there ever a car you had that you wish you had back, if you had the chance, could get it back? Well, I mean, I think probably one of the 356, maybe the, the 64 uh, SC, because <clears throat> it was pretty It was pretty nice. Um, 
I mean, I think the car that I appreciated the most was the Corvair mm -hmm. because, you know, I went through that formidable time when you're in high school and dating and, you know, cruising Bob's a big boy and all that sort of stuff. And so, um, you know, that has a lot of fun, fun memories. Did you uh, go to the prom in that car? I didn't go to a prom. What? I, could, I couldn't get a date. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, no, I didn't. I, uh, but see, I was I was working all through high school. Oh, okay. I was doing Leave It to Beaver, and I was going to school there. I graduated from Van Nuys High, but um, I never really went there. I went to football games, and uh, I think I went to a graduation rehearsal thing, and then I didn't even go to the graduation. Oh, you know? wow. I didn't know anybody, you know, and they uh, yelling at me, and I could never tell what they were laughing at me about <laughs> to do the little research for this i i actually looked at a couple of old libra to beaver shows and they were driving back in the day like 57 fords or anything like that did you ever get a chance i mean was there ever a car on set that you looked at and stared at and thought it was kind of cool because i guess the eddie haskell days didn't he drive around in some sort of rod or something like that well lumpy had a lumpy had a like a 48 ford or something mm -hmm. like that and that was a pretty nice car um uh, it might have been a Barris car. I'm not sure, um, but but anyway, it, it it was pretty cool. I never drove it. Um, you know, we did five years of the new Leave It to Beaver, right? And uh, that was a little different because the producer, director, guy who was kind of responsible for it, he loved cars. So we had uh, he uh, Wally had a Corvette to begin with. And then he had a T-Bird, one of those, I don't even know what year it is, but it's like the bomb. You know, it has a front front that goes down like that, mm -hmm. and it, you know, which is really a cool car. Well, that Corvette. So that was still the Beaver? Is that what they called yeah. it back then? Still the Beaver. So in the opening credits, you were driving, and, I, and I'm going to take a wild guess, it was pretty close to the Corvette you had uh, after the Corvair. It was like a 61, 62? Yeah, I think it might have been a 62, yeah, uh -huh. yeah. Did you have any input as far as, hey, wouldn't that be great if we can get one of them just like the one I have or had? <laughs> yeah, that would have been cool, but no, they, uh, producers don't tend to listen to actors much when you're no. having things. But, it, but, uh, but you got to drive it, though, right? Yeah, 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 I got to drive wow. it. Well, yeah, what can I say? How great was that? No, they were really nice cars, but you know, in the in the movies, you only drive it like half a block. You back it up and drive it in, and stop it, and get out, and that's about it. Did you ever hear the story from Butch Patrick? Butch Patrick. Okay, about about apparently the time that they went on the Munster coach, and Fred Gwynn was behind the wheel, and they were supposed to drive out. It was a great story. It's late in the afternoon. We're in front of the Munster uh, Mansion, down on Colonial Street. The assistant director says, "Fred, we're losing our light." Just take the car out, turn right around, come back. We want to do it again for safety. Fred jumps in the car. We all pull up, and then you pull out of the shot. He continues down the street. He hangs left. He goes up the hill. He goes past the makeup department. He goes down the hill, out the front gate, on the Langerson Boulevard. We don't know if there's enough gas in the car to get back. You know, with the brakes are you know marginal at best. And you guys are and in the car. Full makeup. We're in full makeup, and we pull out, and it's like we go down the street and hang left, and we turn around at the Hollywood Bowl back and we're going about 20 minutes we come back the, the, the assistant director's cigar has gone from about this long to this long 
He's now got like a little stubby. The sun's gone. And we don't have lights on the car, and we come back, and he's just smiling. He's beaming because he was a practical joker. And I'm holding on for dear life. Yvonne DiCarlo's yelling at him, Fred, Fred, my hair, my wings flying out the window, you know. And Al's going, yeah, 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 Fred, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, keep going, keep going. Those are great stories, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a classic. I mean, there, there weren't any stories like that on uh, the Leave it to Beaver said, were there? No, we were very conservative. If they said back up half a block and drive forward, I backed up half a block and drove forward. <laughs> Although I did take, uh, we had a motorcycle on the show once, and I did take that around the back lot a little bit. Uh-huh. And uh, I did spend a lot of time driving around the back lot uh, because when my wife, Lauren, would have friends, she, uh, you know, knew the guy at the gate, uh, who had been there for years, and she'd just wave to him as she drove on, and then she'd drive into the back lot, and she'd go to all of those attractions, the shark attraction and the parting of the seas. I don't even know if they have those things anymore because that, that was years and years ago. But anyway, she'd give her, her friends these great tours of the back lot. Oh, so your wife was a tour guide at the studios? Not officially. Just oh. her friends. <laughs> just, just okay. her friends. Shh, we won't say anything until, okay. and yeah, until they got wise and uh, they, the the uh, things changed at the studio. Wow. See, I can't even get on the lot anymore. So, you know. oh, come on, you can get on the lot, there, is it? Yeah. It's well, if, if, you're Tony Dow for heaven's sake. Yeah, but maybe they see me coming. I don't know. <laughs> so you have your Corvair back. But at the same token, in the back of your head, there is there any other car? If you have, if money was no object, or, or just for the heck of it, is there one car out there that is number one on the Tony Dow? I wish I could have that list. Well, Tesla, you know the Tesla S. I mean I, that. I think that's the coolest car going. I think that guy's a genius. A friend of my son who uh, was very successful young, he had like the thirty seventh uh, Roadster that Tesla came out with. I went for a ride in that, and that was really a thrill. And then he has an S, and I think he has an, the other one, whatever it is, the, the SUV type thing. And uh, so that I'd like the S. I think that's great. But, you know, when I was looking at my, uh, for a car after I sold the Corvair, I, I sort of w- w- got it down to two cars. And one was the Corvette, which I liked, and it was, I think it was maybe $3,500, maybe, something like that. And uh, a Gullwing 300 SL, oh, which was right. $4,200. Right. So I'm looking at now, this it. This was 19 what? Well, let's see. 65, 65 66, okay. something like that. Okay. So I'm, uh, I'm looking at this uh, Gullwing, which I've always thought is one of the most beautiful cars in the world ever. And... Um, and I, so I asked the guy, I said, well, what about tune-ups and stuff? What, you know, what's the deal? He said, well, the tune-ups are really expensive. I mean, you know, it's, it's like 300 bucks to get this thing tuned up. Oh, my. And I said, oh, well, I don't want to have a car that I have to spend that much money on. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go for the Corvette. So basically, I bought the Corvette, sold it cheaper than I bought it, and uh, didn't buy the uh, Gullwing, which for 4200 which would be worth about a quarter of a million dollars by now. I right, especially for a guy who never gets rid of his cars. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I also tend to destroy the cars, you know, by not really taking... Lauren takes... My wife takes care of the cars. She loves to, you know, loves the car to be clean and, you know, but mm-hmm. this car will stay clean, I think. You were talking about the Tesla. 
So would you buy the Tesla, the one that you don't have to drive, the one that has the self-drive option? It doesn't bother you? No. As a matter of fact, I've been a fan of that for the last year. And uh, I... I don't know where I read an article that was talking about self-driving cars or autonomous cars. And uh, they were talking about a chip maker that's, you know, kind of ahead of the, But they wouldn't tell you what it was. Mm-hmm. So I did some research and I came up with like three chip makers that were probably the most obvious choices to be. So I went out and I bought a bunch of, um, of uh, what the hell, NVIDIA, which is a a chip maker that makes a lot of game things. And so I've been a fan of those, uh, of the autonomous cars for a long time. And I think they're great. I think, you know, the fact that this guy died a few months ago, I mean, that's a lot of people have died in a lot of cars in that period of time. I think they're safer than, I mean, it seems like they, they are, um, the statistics claim, you know, I mean, the Google car went around, it's got a few million miles on it and it only had, I don't know, half dozen or maybe 10 accidents, and they've usually been the other driver's fault. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I think uh, I think it's a future. You know, I mean, I was listening to um, the um, hydrogen cars that, that um, uh, Toyota's making, and uh, the autonomous hydrogen cars, because there's no place to get that fill up with hydrogen now, that's the problem. That's where, that's where uh, Musk was so intelligent. He built the infrastructure to be able to go across the country mm-hmm. and charge your car. But anyway, the hydrogen cars, you know, you're supposed to be able to drive it into your garage and then tell it to go to the hydrogen fill-up station. It'll go to the hydrogen fill-up station. The guy will fill up, fill it up with hydrogen, and then it'll drive back home, put itself in the garage. And when you wake up in the morning, you've got a full tank of hydrogen. Now, how does that, how, how much better can that be? <laughs> it's like letting the dog out and knowing he'll take care of business and come back in uh, the next time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's coming. I think it's the future. I, I, don't, I know people that are really – are you nervous about it? Would you not use it? I guess it's a control thing. I am a car guy to the extent where I like driving the old, I'm, I, I like driving, but I'd be a little nervous about just kind of, I'd have my hand just over the wheel, you know. You're, you're, you're supposed to have your hands somewhere close to it. This buddy of mine, that uh, my son's buddy, I mean, uh, he, the Tesla he had, he did a, a thing, a podcast from the backseat of his Tesla when it was driving home from the Hollywood Bowl or something, you really? know, which was really crazy to do. But anyway, uh, I, th- you know, I think that, uh, I mean, I like to drive too. So I, you know, I enjoy the feeling of driving and I enjoy, um, you know, performing and driving around. I mean, we live up here in the Canyon and so the, you know, it's a nice place to drive. Hey, remember to listen, like, share, and most important, subscribe to our audio podcast on radio.com and the video podcast on our Two Tired Guys Productions YouTube page. And when you subscribe, you get notified when a new show goes up and it helps all of us. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Talking About Cars and Two Tired Guys Productions, and become a Talking About Cars, Two Tired Guys patron on Patreon.com. Get exclusive interview clips and get access to Two Tired Guys swag. Until next time, I'm Randy, and that was Tony. Having fun talking about cars. Happy holiday, everybody. We'll see you next time.